When a person takes the Son of God, everything God has is included. We become heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus. His offering of His precious body and blood Dying on the cross of Calvary and being raised again triumphant over death has made it all possible for us to enjoy the blessings. This morning we're gathered around the Lord's table or communion as we often call it. And we're going to take some time to celebrate and remember what God has provided for us in Jesus Christ. And be reminded of some of the blessings that come as a result of what Jesus has done. Now, as we're gathered together this morning, I want us to remember that what we do here this morning is really um, about Jesus Christ. And it is for those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior from sin. All that is represented here uh, can only be understood by the individual that has come to grips uh, and, and had a personal confrontation with their own sin recognized their need for a Savior and repented of their sin and placed their faith in Christ for their eternal salvation. If you've not done that this morning, I'm so glad you're here because this could be the day when that happens for you. So as we move through this time together, listen carefully. And when it's time to participate, just allow the plate to go by. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please observe. And then later on after the service, give us an opportunity to sit with you and answer your questions about what all of this means. It would be our delight and joy to be able to do that. For those of you who have participated in this kind of service before, we'll use a very familiar scripture passage from the Bible, again, mainly because in the middle of this scripture passage, we're reminded that as often as we do this, which for us as a church is about once a month, we need to remember Christ. That reminder in and of itself leaves us with the implication that we could forget easily or just allow this time to come and go and yet not give it much thought beyond our time here on a Sunday morning. So we're going to spend our entire time around this celebration this morning, and um, I want to take three looks at this today. We're going to look back, we're going to look within, and then we're going to look ahead. And as we continue, I want to take us to that familiar passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 32, and I want you to participate with me this morning. We're going to have the words right up in front of you. And we're going to read this together. So let's do this together, all right? 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 32. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying... This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord 
in an unworthy Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, we are judged in this way by the Lord. We are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So, I want us to think carefully about these words. And I first want us to take a look back. It's important for us to remember all that Christ has done for us. And we can go to several scriptures. And I want to take us back to one in particular this morning in Isaiah chapter 53 as we look back on some words of prophecy, one of hundreds of prophetic statements that we find about Christ, uh, this one describing for us what Christ suffered and the work of, of salvation that he did on the cross of Calvary. And so as we go to Isaiah 11, I want you to read with me again these verses. Isaiah chapter uh, 53, verses 11, uh, 1 through 12. Let's read them together. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he did not. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of this generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. 
for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. As we continue to think about this and all that we have in Jesus and what he's done for us, I want us to sing again about the wonderful cross. I'm going to have the team come. We're going to sing about the wonderful cross that Jesus died on for us. Thanks, team. We appreciate that. That's just great words for us to think about, just to remember all that we have in Christ, the wonderful cross, when we think about what that really meant in that day. Um, it was a sign of death, and yet Christ went to that cross for us to die our death. Back in our, in our passage, as we continue to take a look back in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26, we're reminded again, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You see, every time we have the Lord's Supper, we're remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross, his body given for us, which is represented this morning by the bread that we will eat. And there, there couldn't be a perfect sacrifice without a body. And then his blood that was shed for us, represented by the juice that we'll drink this morning, shed for our sins. And again, there couldn't be a perfect sacrifice without the shedding of blood. We can look back in, in, in the Bible again into places like Romans chapter 5 and read these words. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Also in the book of Hebrews, we have some astounding truth uh, that as it relates to us participating this morning. It really is a book, the whole book of Hebrews is a book about the supremacy of Christ and his greater sacrifice, but I want you to hear some of the truths that are stated uh, in this book this morning. In chapter 9 of this book, the writer is comparing the Old Testament sacrificial system, uh, the Old Covenant, to the New Covenant found in Christ as our once and for all perfect sacrifice for our sins. And so in chapter 9, we read these thoughts, starting in verse 11. Let me read these, these for you. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not part of the creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of bulls and of ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they were outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Later on in that same passage, it says this, It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the holy place 
every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. We can rejoice in that this morning. This sacrifice was done once and for all, and we can look back to that and see how that took place. So the Bible really gives to us in these words really the gospel. This is the gospel that we're speaking of. We need to look back and realize that Jesus was willing to give himself for us, to sacrifice himself on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Well, God's word not only instructs us or teaches us to look back, but we also need to look within. And again, in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, we read, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. So as we participate this morning, we need to look within ourselves. Only you know, and only God knows, who you truly are within yourselves. And Paul writes here that we need to examine ourselves. So, what do you see when you look within? What are you doing with your life? How are you living? Are you passionate about holiness or striving to hide who you truly are? Have you and do you put Jesus first in your life in all things? Are you totally committed to him? Do you have unconfessed sin in your life? Sin that you need to confess to God. And how are you doing in your relationships with other people around you? In 1 John 1, chapter 8 and 9, we read these words. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all or purify us from all unrighteousness. So we must examine ourselves as we participate this morning. Very important. We must realize and agree with God that we are sinners and in need of forgiveness. And praise God for his provision in Jesus Christ, as we will remember this morning. And I want you to listen once more to the verses we read earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says this, So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment uh, on themselves. This is why so many are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not finally be condemned with the world. So, we need to look back, but we also need to look within ourselves. And I want to submit to you this morning that this is not some morbid kind of introspection, folks. We're not here to lay out all the sins of our life every day and all week long and grieve over all, all, over all that, although we need to grieve over sin. But this is a regular, active 
discernment that needs to take place in our life to be sure that we're walking with God. So is it active in your life? Are you discerning on a regular basis through your reading of the word, through your prayer, walking with the Lord, where you are with him? And so we want to take a few moments before we move into this time where we're going to partake of these elements to spend some time thinking about these truths, looking back, rejoicing at what God has done for us and looking within. And I'm going to show you a video while we do that and give you an opportunity to do some assessment of your own life uh, before we enter into this time together. Aren't you glad that there's, there's nothing else but the shed blood of Jesus that can wash away our sins? Nothing we could do, nothing, no effort we could ever make. But it's the precious blood of Jesus that makes it possible. And so as we drink this, as a representation of his blood this morning, let's do this in remembrance of him. So this morning we've just stepped back a little bit and taken a look back and seen some prophecy and some scriptures that remind us of, of what Christ has done for us. And so we look back with remembrance and with thanksgiving, with gratitude for all that God has done for us and making it possible for us to have eternal life. We look within, and I hope this is something that will be a regular active thing in your life that you'll be looking constantly within to see, to be sure that you're walking right with God and that you're loving him, loving his truth, loving his ways and all that he has provided for you and that you're rejoicing in the blessings that you have in knowing him. And being able to serve him with your life. And then finally, we do look ahead here in this passage in, in 1 Corinthians 11. Again, in verse 26, it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He's coming again someday to receive us unto himself. We're looking forward to the time when Jesus will come. Perhaps it'll be today. Sorry, Super Bowl lovers. It might be today, okay? It might be. And we should live expectantly, living with the, the idea that he could return today, and it ought to change us and fill us with anticipation and motivate us uh, to live for the Lord right where we are. And so I urge you this morning as we leave from this time together to, to look back regularly and remember what Jesus has done for you and rejoice in the salvation that you have because of him. To look inward. Be in the word. Be walking with the Lord. Doing assessment of your own life in an active way. To be sure that you are walking with God. And then to look forward to the return of Christ. And live as though it could happen today. How would that change your week? What would that do if you knew he was coming sometime this week? Well, whenever we have a communion service, we always uh, participate as well in giving for those that are needy. We have what we call our Deacon's Fund offering, and we do that at the close of these services. And uh, we're grateful to you for that you give so that we can help people who are in need in our ministry and in our family, as well as others outside of here. So thank you for giving for that. And so we're going to have the men stand, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take that offering now as we sing together. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have had to be together this morning. Thank you for the reminder and the proclamation we can make of the, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. 
Help us to go from this place different today as a result of our time being together. God, we're grateful now that we can participate uh, in your work through giving and giving to those that are in need. And I pray that you'll bless gift and giver and use these to have impact in the lives of people. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's rejoice in that we have that life in Christ. Now, friends, we've been here, and as a part of this this morning, and a part of our participation, we, we've thought about the saving relationship that we have in Jesus Christ and how he did that for us. And um, there may be some here this morning that are not sure of that and what we've done this morning. And if you're here this morning like that, please give us the opportunity. You can go away from this place different today than when you came in. Give us the opportunity to sit down with you and share with you how you can come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Please don't leave with uncertainty. Give us the opportunity to talk with you. Believer, there's a world all around us that's in need of this message that we've been thinking about this morning. What will you do in the world that God has placed you in this week uh, to make a difference? Will the gospel, the message we've heard this morning, drive and motivate you to live for the Lord and impact the world you live in? There's a, a songwriter, singer from my era of, of singers that wrote this several years ago. I'm crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Jesus Christ now lives in me. Embrace the cross where Jesus suffered. That will cost all you claim as yours. Your sacrifice will seem small beside the treasure. Eternity cannot measure what Jesus holds in store. Embrace the cross, or the love rather, the cross requires. Cling to the one whose heart knew every pain. Receive from Jesus fountains of compassion. Only he can fashion your heart to move as his. Oh, wondrous cross. Our desires rest in you, Lord Jesus. Make us bolder to face with courage the shame and disgrace you bore upon your shoulders. Embrace the life that comes from dying. Come trace the steps the Savior walked for you. An empty tomb concludes Golgotha's sorrow. Hallelujah! Endure then till tomorrow your cross of suffering. Embrace the cross, embrace the cross, the cross of Jesus. Folks, go and reflect that message this week and make a difference in the world that God has placed you in. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for being here.